0: Welcome to Youthology Live. This week, we are dealing with the topic, mental health and adolescence. Man, so much research has been done on this recently, especially with this rise of the pandemic. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about the problem that exists, but we're gonna spend more time, I'm gonna give you four practical ways that we can combat against this rising uh, mental health crisis with our teenagers. You know, I was reading an article just recently from the World Health Organization that stated uh, pre-COVID pandemic, only 19% of patients in mental health facilities in the United States were adolescent. 19% adolescent patients in uh, uh, mental health facilities in America. Since COVID, post-COVID pandemic, We've seen that rise to 39% of uh, adolescent uh, percentage in mental health facilities. More than doubled. So we know the problem exists. We can see it. We can feel it. We're experiencing it on a regular basis. What do we do about that? We know that now uh, rising from fifth or sixth globally in adolescent uh, death cases is now suicide, moving from fifth, sixth, depending on the study you read, to now second or even third. Okay, so when you look at this rise in, in even suicide, caused from depression and uh, unstable mental health, I'm, I'm sure other things too, but what we're seeing is post-COVID, this rise in mental health flags that are going up. And it really concerns me, and so I want to spend some time this week talking about this. One of the uh, surveys that I just read um, from um, the Allstate Foundation talked about um, how students feel stressed, nervous, and um, uncertain about the school situation. Now, we know that in America, um, schools are pretty much on lockdown, some are in hybrid, Some um, have very little attendance, maybe by last name, you know, two days a week or whatever. But there's basically a national lockdown in education in America, in in-person education. As a professor, we have handled that at the university level quite well. And to, to give students that option of the hybrid, uh, you know, online or in, uh, seated instruction. And most of my students are choosing the seated instruction, Right? There, there's no replacement for that, we know that. But when you get, move into uh, the, our public schools here in America and even uh, the the stress and the pressure that's on some of our private schools by the government to close, now we have this uh, year long problem that is starting to show research of rising mental health issues. So what do we do? I think there are two things first that. That that we see uh, rising mental health uh, bring a gap. Okay, the first one is the socialization gap. Okay, the socialization gap, and when you remove students from that setting, the setting with their peers, you we have to begin to deal with all of these social socialization gaps, the emotional gaps that come with this, the uh, schedule gaps that come with this, the the, follow this, the secondary and primary uh, tasks that students were basically had a framework for with school, when, when they were getting up, when they were getting on a bus, when a friend was picking them up, when they went to first hour, study hour, lunch, practice after, that, that schedule, that framework is gone. And so now students are having to process tasks that were basically set for them uh, you know, as a schedule. And so we've seen that part of their lifestyle, um, because of the format change, that part of their lifestyle add to the, to the stress in, of this mental health, the withdrawal from their friends and social interaction. Listen, we were created as beings. Listen, God created us as beings who need each other. Uh, I'm sure you understand that. There are so many one another verses in the Bible. You cannot escape it. And what has happened is now that we have been in this, this isolation, we're, we're seeing a socialization gap uh, with, our, with our students and uh, behavioral uh, issues and emotional issues uh, coming. Let me give you the second gap and that is the educational gap. Oh my. Listen, the educational gap in America is, uh, is, co- is considerable because now as a parent or a coach, now as a youth leader, it's not so easy to see the educational gap that's there with our students missing. You know, we might think everything's okay and they're just growing up and they're, they're a, another year older, but what about the, the, the gap in language? What about this um, stop in learning terminology and dates and history and procedures and problems, pro- problem solving, all of this stuff that, um, that takes place in a seated instruction. You know, add in this, in this educational gap, you add this uh, loss of um, resources at home, right? Parents who are like, man, I don't even know what to do. Right? Maybe students have been online and they've gone through this—the uh, you know the Zoom classes, the the, the Google Hangouts, and all of that—and now they're finished. And they're anybody else have uh, have this online fatigue? <laughs> oh my, online fatigue! And now it's hit the home, and parents don't have the resources to teach, and so what do we do, right? That's the problem. Sorry to depress you, (laughs) but what do we do? Listen, these should be the best days of a teenager's life. I I really believe that. Living in America, living in this moment right now, should be the best days of a teenager's life. So what do we do? I believe there are four things that, that we can do that will help us um, communicate to teenagers um, uh, how to rebound from this rise in, in, uh, me- in mental health uh, issues. Okay, M- number one, let's talk about health and wellness. I'm just going to take a minute on each one of these and, and wrap this up. Number one, health and wellness. You know, I mentioned earlier with the schedules and the framework for organization gone in a teenager's life and having all of this time in isolation. One of the most important things we can do is to get teenagers valuing health and wellness. What is health and wellness? It it might be physical, it might be mental, it might be social interaction. It could be sleep or uh, uh, nutrition, how well they're eating, Uh, you you know, adding that kind of um, routine to their life, Um, exercising, walking, biking, okay? There are so many things that can be done even during a lockdown. There are so many ways that we can do that. So we need to increase the health and, and, the, and the wellness um, of our students uh, practically. The second thing, and man, this, this one is maybe a little more difficult to do, but it's emotional intelligence. Wow, you know, we place so much emphasis on informational intelligence let like the informational quotient you know our I quotient our intelligence quotient that information we put so much emphasis on that but what about our eq what about our our emotional intelligence that ei you know how, how we handle our emotions in any given setting how we problem solve how we respond to things that happen in society There are ways that, there are things that we can do to uh, increase, listen, there are things that we can do to increase resilience, okay, Um, communication, um, uh, problem-solving, or resolution. There are things that we can do to increase those. Things like um, reading stories with our kids and having them repeat those to us and problem-solving in a story. Wow, what went wrong here? You know, and what it does is it gets students to realize I am part of the solution, right? That emotional intelligence. Listen, communication is so important to emotional intelligence and emotional strength, okay? Um, Let me give you another one. Another way to combat this rise, uh, this out-of-control rising mental health in adolescence, and that is the importance of family i don't know that any of us any of us understood the the kind of disintegration that the family was going to be going through in this moment like i can remember saying things like listen this is this is going to be great you know this time off and 5 months you know after that march uh, really, that lockdown really hit, man. Five months at later, and we're all together, right? And I'm like, this is going to be so good. You can see some of our posts that we've done on this. Just go back into April and May, and we, we talked about how to do this, but we, again, have to, have to hit this because it didn't get any better, not from what I'm seeing. And, you know, the research isn't in. And so sometimes when we go to the anecdotal or the stories, right? uh, That People don't really see anecdotal as research or facts, right? But let me tell you something. When anecdotal becomes data, it becomes data because there are so many anecdotals, (laughs) right? Stories that have been told over and over and over again. And so what we have to do is we have to create a, a stronger family unit We are not just raising a fatherless generation anymore. We are not just raising a motherless generation anymore. We are not just raising a fatherless or a motherless generation anymore. We are raising a fatherless, motherless, and siblingless generation. That family structure is gone. And so we need to bring back the family table, conversation at the meal, we need to bring back family devotions and prayer time, even if it's just praying with your kids every night before they go to bed. There are so many little things that we can do to add to this the structure and the health of our families. Because hear me, these these simple little things that we're talking about you know the the health and the wellness and the and the emotional strength and emotional you know quotient the emotional um, intelligence that that's great. Family is where they're living. This is, this, is the, this is the place, the setting, where they are the most. And so we've got to increase the, the health of our, of our families. I, I'm sure you understand that. Let me give you the last one, okay? And that is simply a Sabbath. Yeah, a Sabbath, a rest. Oh, man. I, I, wish, I wish we could really unpack the importance of the Sabbath because God knew what he was talking about when he called us to a Sabbath. God knew what he was talking about when he said, six days you shall work and one day you shall rest. It's a powerful read in Exodus chapter 20. When you read through the commandment, listen, it's not even a suggestion. God God called us to rest. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. And, and, And I really believe that we, you know what we've done? We've done with our teenagers. We've said to them, you know, with, by the way we think and the way we do things uh, in our society today, we've said to them that busyness is production. And it's really not. And so we have to, we have to learn to increase the, uh, the rest in our lives and, and, and to find space for it. You know, maybe it's something like taking the mornings and not having, uh, you know, the phones on or maybe it's at night at the table, you know, or maybe it's every Friday, you know, you fast uh, social media every Friday. I don't know. There are creative ways that we can do that. You know, one of the things you could do is on Sunday when you go to church, you know, most of you that go to church, that go to church. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, Listen, take the afternoon and and sit and talk with the kids and in in between games, you know, or homework and all of that. Spend one-on-ones with the kids on Sundays, you know, they're, uh, take an evening at home where it's it's just rest, where there's no TV, there's nothing, and there's silence in the home. Man, it's so important to do that. Listen, I hope this was a help. hope this was helpful. You know where to follow us. Go to all the socials, and you can join us um, on all the socials. You can read this at youthology.com. You can watch this at YouTube. You can listen to this on the iTunes podcast or you can just follow us on socials and get little uh, little uh, bites of this and all of the the um, highlights of these moments for, uh, for Youthology Live every week. So again, thank you for joining.